Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm Jen. And I'm Sarah. And we are Unabridged, the podcast where teachers take on books. Join us each week for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content every week. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridgedpod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Everyone and welcome to this episode of Unabridged. Today we are talking about the One of Us is Lying adaptation. Well, the pilot of the adaptation based on Karen McManus's novel. So before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that we are in the midst of doing a listener survey. We are really loving the feedback we've been getting and would just love to know what you think about Unabridged, about the podcast, about the different parts of our community. It's a short survey, but if you have any feedback to offer about what you like or what you don't like, that really helps us make decisions for next season. You can find that survey at bit.ly unabridged survey. And it's also linked on our website if that's easier. Okay, well, we are going to start with our bookish check-in. Sarah, what are you reading? I am in anticipation of our book club. I'm currently reading Angie Thomas's Concrete Rose. I am listening to the audio, as seems to be the case a lot with my reading these days. And the audio is fantastic. This is a prequel to Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give, which we all adore, And in The Hate You Give, we follow Star Carter's journey and what she's doing. And in Concrete Rose, we follow Maverick, her dad's story, and we kind of get her origin story and her mom and dad's origin story and how they met. And it's just, I think that it is fabulous. I mean, it just made me fall in love with Angie Thomas all over again and the character of Maverick. I mean, he... In the book, he's 17 and he acts like a 17 year old, but he has also this really sweet and caring side. And I just love the way that he is navigating through some really difficult trials and tribulations. And I love the support that he has from his community, particularly his neighbor and his, and his mom. Um, she holds him accountable for his actions, but also supports him. And I just really think it is, I mean, I just am loving it. and I cannot wait to see how it all comes together in the end. And I really, it was a little comforting going in knowing the story that comes from the hate you give. So I already know that some of what has happened in the future. So it's comforting reading the book, but knowing some of the things that work out and some of the things that don't, I find that comforting as a reader. So I'm really enjoying it and I'm really excited to discuss it for book club. I think it's going to be a great discussion. So that is Angie Thomas's Concrete Rose. I cannot wait to reread that one. So I read it a little while back, but of course I'm going to reread for book club. And yeah, I I share your feelings about that reading experience. I can't. And I highly recommend the audio. It is fantastic. I should try that this time because the first time I read it in print. So yeah, maybe I'll try the audio. Jen, what is your bookish check-in? So I'm currently reading Wallace Stegner's Crossing to Safety, and this is a book I've had on my shelf and on my list for a long, long time. 
and I put it on my 22 backlist in 2022 challenge list. And then Read with Tony on Instagram was interested in doing a little side buddy read. So I jumped right in and I am loving it. So this one I've been doing mostly audio, but dipping into the book as well. And it is about two couples mainly. So the narrator is a man named Larry and he's married to Sally. And when they're in their 20s, they meet at the college where Larry and Sid both work in the English department. And so Larry and Sally meet Sid and Charity and they become friends. So the initial part of the book is set during the Great Depression and then they are friends over decades. So it's sort of moving back and forth between their youth together and then at the the present day, they are older. I think they're in their like 60s and have had kids and health problems and fights along the way. But they just have this enduring friendship that has been an anchor for them through their lives. The writing is absolutely stunning. It's this kind of spare writing. And yet, because they're poets and writers, it's really beautiful. And every once in a while, there will just be these descriptions that just, yeah, give me give me goosebumps. And I want to stop. And when I'm listening to the audio, I want to stop and mark it down because they're just sentences I want to revisit. So I'm really enjoying that one. Well, that sounds great. So normally at this point, we would turn to our third host, Ashley. But as those of you who follow us on Instagram know, she is going through some things in her life and is unable to be with us for every episode right now. So Sarah and I are going to tackle this adaptation episode together. But Ashley will be back. So yeah, she just won't be on every episode for a little while. And we certainly miss her. being with us. That is for (laughs) sure. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, we are going to turn to our main discussion. So we're primarily going to focus on the adaptation, but I did want to just read the description of Karen McManus's book. And this is actually the first in a duology. We've both read the first. I haven't read the second. I have not. I've only read the first. Okay. So the description of the book is, and this is from the publisher, pay close attention and you might solve this. On Monday afternoon, five students at Bayview High walk into detention. Bronwyn, the brain, is Yale-bound and never breaks a rule. Addie, the beauty, is the picture-perfect homecoming princess. Nate, the criminal, is already on probation for dealing. Cooper, the athlete, is the all-star baseball pitcher. And Simon, the outcast, is the creator of Bayview High's notorious gossip app. Only Simon never makes it out of that classroom. Before the end of detention, Simon's dead. And according to investigators, his death wasn't an accident. On Monday, he died. But on Tuesday, he planned to post juicy reveals about all four of his high-profile classmates, which makes all four of them suspects in his murder. Or are they the perfect patsies for a killer who's still on the loose? Everyone has secrets, right? What really matters is how far you would go to protect them. All right, so that's the synopsis of the book. Obviously, the pilot does not go that far into the plot. But we're going to go ahead and just share what we thought of the pilot. So, Sarah, what were your overall impressions of the pilot? Well, I wanted to say I really did. When we read this book, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was page turner. And I just I really enjoyed the reading experience. And so the the pilot, I I enjoyed the first episode. I really liked the way it was shot. It has that like teen soapy vibe that I like 
because I am a, this is probably no surprise to anybody who listens to us, but I love a teen soap and I love like, you know, Riverdale and I love Dawson's Creek and all of those shows, which I watched way after I probably should have. (laughs) I was not the target market, but, um, (laughs) so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well paced. I thought it moved pretty quickly. There were a couple things I was surprised about, but I think overall, I really I thought they did a good job casting. I thought that I was able to kind of recall the book as I was watching the episode. So overall, I thought it was a pretty solid pilot. How about you, Jen? I had mixed feelings. So there were things I liked about it. I did think the casting was really good. I thought, and I know we'll dig into this more. I thought the way they were laying the groundwork for the rest of the series and for the whole mystery worked well. I thought it leaned a little too hard on cliche. And you know, with a pilot, I'm always torn because I feel like pilots are so rough because I know they want to give us a sense of familiarity. So we want to come back and kind of know what to expect, but they're trying to hook the audience in. I just, I I felt like, like you said, like Riverdale and all all these other shows, some of them we talked about on the pod, it felt a little samey for me. And so, and I did appreciate, there's one point when Simon has some voiceover and he talks about, do, do they all realize they're in a John Hughes yeah. movie and that basically the Breakfast Club has established who they are? Yes. And I really got a kick out of that because it did feel like it harkens back to the Breakfast Club and you have these people filling these different roles. And yeah, so it, it didn't upset me, but I was a little, I was looking for something a little more new yeah. and I didn't quite get and it's funny when you we you were reading the description, I was like, well, it is they are all these <laughs> cliches, like each uh-huh. of the characters. And I don't remember feeling exactly that way when I read the book, but it I definitely didn't like watching yeah. the pilot, you're like, Oh, they all are like fitting in this like one little niche and that's what it's gonna be. So yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you on that. And I think, you know, McManus is clearly, I don't remember if she's involved in the production of the show or not. I can check on that in a minute, but she is well aware of the tradition into which she is writing. So I don't feel like this is criticizing her, but I think the book felt more like a twist on that. And I think the pilot didn't yet feel like it got to the twist. And, you know, again, it's the first episode and I, I, neither one of us has watched past the first episode, right? Did you see No, you, I didn't. Stopped I stopped because yeah. I was afraid that I, w- I wouldn't be able to like compartmentalize. <laughs> I did the same thing. So, you know, we're judging a whole series based on one episode. Clearly, this is one you're meant to just start and then run th- straight through, which neither of yeah. us did. So I don't know that it's totally fair. But again, we're reviewing this and that that's how I felt. Yeah. And I will say Karen McManus was a consultant on the... Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So what are some of the things that worked for you or didn't work for you specifically in this pilot episode? Like like I said, I thought the casting was great. I really Mm -hmm. thought that uh, the actors who were in those roles did a good job. And I just thought that they seemed like the characters that were in the book. I understand why this happened. But one thing that was surprising was the revealing of all of their secrets in the first episode. Mm -hmm. Because I did feel like that was a little bit later in the book. And it Mm -hmm. kind of gave you that. like there, There was no really time for me to be like, Ooh, what could the secrets be? Because they just gave me all the secrets right at the first episode. And I understand like when you're making a series, a limited series, that's different than having like 
300 pages to draw that out. But I did think that that was part of a little bit of the suspense in the book. Like, Ooh, what's the secret going to be? And then the pilot, you find it all out all at once. And I mean, like in like succession basically. And uh, so I thought that was an interesting choice, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the representation, they are cliche, but I thought the representation of high schoolers and all the drama surrounding being a high school student, I thought all that seemed pretty reasonable. Jen and I both having worked with teenagers, we know that there can be tons of drama. <laughs> and uh, That is definitely true. Yeah. And I mean, and while they're I mean, I think too, like just when I was teaching Facebook and Instagram was really becoming popular with the teenage group because it's been a while since I've been in the classroom. And I mean, there was drama started on there that bled into school. So I could really, it might not have been as extreme as what was happening in this show, but I mean, it did give me a little like flashbacks to those drama filled teenage angst the things that happen in school. And so I thought all that was pretty um, accurate, just a very heightened version of that. I thought that worked. So I thought, I thought it was pretty solid. How about you, Jen? Yeah, I I like that too. I I thought it was an interesting choice as well to reveal all those secrets. And yet clearly there are things, obviously they're not going to reveal everything. So like clearly Bronwyn and Jake have a past and we don't exactly know what all of that is. You know, there are these little bridges that are hinted at, which I appreciate. Those are the moments because I I should say, I remember the outcome of this mystery. So while that is interesting to me, that was not as interesting as the character nuances, because I didn't remember a lot of the way the plot unfolds. I just remember the end point. And so that's what I was looking for. I do have to say, I thought the scene at the football game was one of my favorites because I, I thought, you know, Of course, the school wants to do something to honor this student who has died. And then they have this football game and they have a hashtag for Simon, (laughs) for grieving for Simon. And then the moment when the principal asks his best friend, Janae, to get up and sing the national anthem in his honor. And instead she sings a song called F (laughs) You. I think I'm not sure what the whole title is, but I think that's it. Yeah, I thought I I chuckled (laughs) because I thought just. She knows exactly how he would feel about having this. He didn't go to football games. They talk about this. He never went to football games. He didn't care about this. So this way of air quotes honoring him is not well suited, but it also seemed like something that would probably happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I thought, (laughs) yeah, I think Janae actually, the actor is Jess McLeod and I think she is really, I, I don't know how much, I can't remember how much she's in the rest of the, the book or the show. I don't know how much she'll be in the show, but I thought she was great. And she's really a secondary character, but yeah, I, she had some great facial (laughs) expressions in there. It was funny with the principal (laughs) in the background, like, what do I do? Do I stop it? Do I not stop it? And then, and then her trying to like give a little summarizing at the end, (laughs) it was all like secondhand embarrassment for me. (laughs) It was really, yes. Oh my goodness. Because I don't know what I would do. It would be a really tough situation to navigate for sure. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Are there any other, I'm trying to think of other specific scenes that stood out to me. Did you have anything else that really stood out? Not really. I really did like the actor who was playing Simon. Like I like the scenes within the detention room and all that. Yes. I thought that all was really breakfast clubby. 
And it's funny, when Mm -hmm. I read the book, I think I once or twice maybe thought of The Breakfast Club, but watching the show, that really made me think of The Breakfast Club and the scene in the library and all that stuff. So, So I really liked all that, like, kind of paying homage to that movie. I really liked that. Yeah, I enjoyed that, too. Big John Hughes oh, fan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what what rating do you think you'd give this pilot? Well, like I said, I have a soft spot in my heart for teen drama and mm-hmm. the, and those types of shows. I think I'd give it four four stars. I think it was solid. I think I think it's a hard it's hard material to work with because there's so much pacing involved, and like with the book, you have so much longer to create. And like tell the story. And I thought they did. I thought that this was really well done. And I I enjoyed it. So and I thought and that made me want to watch the other ones to see how the Mm -hmm. whole thing goes. So I I think it's a four for me. How about you, Jen? I think I'd give it a three and a half. I I think there's promise, but this one didn't quite. And again, just judging the pilot, I should say I looked up on Rotten Tomatoes. The whole series has an 89%. Which is, Which is pretty high praise, yeah. yeah. And on IMDb, it's a 6.8 out of 10. So rounded up to a 7. Oh, and we should say you can watch it on Peacock. So it is streaming on Peacock. And yeah, so we'd love to know what you think. Maybe we'll chime in on social media if <laughs> we get through the rest of the series when we finish. I think I will. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I will probably. I'm in the midst of another show right now. But after I finish that, I may... Yeah, I'll come back and watch it. All right. Well, we are going to end our episode with our Give Me One. And today's topic is a recent movie you'd recommend. Sarah, what recent movie would you recommend? This movie is just for pure enjoyment and fun. It's not anything that's going to like win an Oscar or anything like that. My husband, my son, and I, my daughter was staying with my mom. And so we wanted to watch a movie together. And we watched Red Notice on Netflix and it's starring The Rock and Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds. And again, it is pure entertainment. It is, but I thought it was great. We were all like really invested in this story. It is kind of a heist slash adventure movie. And I mean, I'm here. I I'm here for Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and anything they do. I think that they're both great. I mm-hmm. mean, I just think. I just think they're a lot of fun to watch. And in my life right now, I just need that. <laughs> I need bo- I need books and movies that are just going to take me away um, at times. So this was just great entertainment. My son loved it. He, at the end, he was like, that's the best movie I've seen in a while. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So it was just Yay. a lot of fun. Um, lots of adventure, lots of funny parts. And I just really like that. So that's Red Notice, and that is on Netflix. I've been wondering about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like, again, I just don't want anybody to think that I think it's like this Oscar-worthy movie, but just great fun. What about you, Jen? Oh, my goodness. Well, I have one that is all the things. It is Oscar-nominated. My husband and I, we're recording this early, and we've, we're trying to watch as many Oscar-nominated movies as we can, because we have not seen many movies at all this year. So we... We're going in with very few, but this one is my absolute favorite. It is Coda. And let me just tell you, I cried through large parts of this movie. A lot of it just because it made me happy, but it just tapped into all of my emotions. It stars Amelia Jones, who is on Lock and Key, another show I really like. And 
CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. So her mom is played by Marley Matlin. And then her mom, her dad, and her older brother are all deaf. And so Ruby is the character Amelia Jones plays, has translated for them her whole life. She has been their interpreter to the world. And she is now a high school senior. And she gets up early every morning and works on her dad's fishing boat. And then she goes to school and she really doesn't love school. So she's just ready to be done. But she has to sign up for an elective and she signs up for choir because she's always just loved to sing, even though nobody can hear her. And she discovers that she has a real talent. And the choir director just becomes this mentor for her. And he is amazing. What a great performance. Oh, my gosh. We will put it in the show notes because I can't find his name right now. But the choir director is great. And it's just this really moving story. You know what it's about, but it's also about her getting ready to leave her family and what that means for them. And how do you let go of your kids and send them out into the world? Oh, my gosh. I'm <laughs> talking right now. It is absolutely perfect and beautiful. I loved it so much. So, yeah. I could not recommend Coda more. I've heard nothing but high praise for that movie. And so it is definitely on the top of my list. You would absolutely love it. You have got to text me as soon as you watch it because I cannot (laughs) wait to see what you think. I just, I want to tell all the people about (laughs) about Coda. I love it. And I don't know that it's going to win any Oscars, but it's one of those, I don't care at all. So, well, we would also love to know your recommendations for a recent movie you've loved, whether it's just for fun or it brought you something a little more. It, both are great. So yeah, we'd love to know what you'd recommend. And thank you so much for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.